PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to episode 389 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, this guy, hanging out with that guy. How's it going, that guy? What's up, this guy? You know, guy, I was just thinking, uh, we got like nothing to talk about for the show. So, we're so just, what's the point? So we're just going to hang out. I'm going to ask you about how about your feelings. Mm, we're gonna, it, it, we're, no, that's not... No. We're going to see, you know, that's, how... That's not how this works. It's our annual Father's Day recording, so we're going to talk about fathers for a while. Let's mm, not. Uh, I want to spend at least 30 minutes talking about the show itself, like uh, marketing strategies mm-hmm. and all the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. stuff that should be off mic. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that for about 30 minutes. Is that, is that what you do when you don't have any actual content? I th- that's what some shows do. Yeah, they just talk about the show. That's lame. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> obviously, none of that is true, guys. We have a shit ton to talk about. It's This is ridiculous, and we're going to jump right into it with our review of the Five Bloods. Yeah. Spike Lee's The Five Bloods on mm-hmm. Netflix. Yes. I watched this two nights ago. How about I you? watched it this morning. Oh, so it's fresh. Yes. <laughs> watched it this morning. Yeah. Dude. Mm-hmm. Good morning. <laughs> eh, I don't know about that. Uh, no, I mean. In- interesting morning. The one I'm saying is like, <laughs> that is a hell of a way to start your day. Some, yeah. some people drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Some, I, I did some that. Some people need like a like a wake up hot shot, a little bit of heroin to get to get themselves right. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Some people do some exercising. I didn't do that. And then some people watch like a, a pretty intense uh, two and a half two hour, and a half hour. <laughs> war slash commentary on culture slash commentary not just on white culture but black culture. Uh, <laughs> set in, during the America War. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's and, a and, and, start your day. And then you know not, not just you know. Good old fashioned racism, but there's some international racism in there. So all levels of it. Yeah, uh, Spike Lee coming out swinging with this movie. Yeah, uh, not pulling any punches. Apparently, originally written in 2013 by some other dudes, and Oliver Stone was going to direct it. Mm. Uh, he dropped out 2016, and then Oliver Stone makes sense, right? But two. 2016, uh, he drops out. Uh, 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 Spike Lee comes on. His Black Klansman co screen uh, screenplay co writer they rewrite this and then redo it from an African American perspective yeah. and they added all the, the shit. other stuff yeah. yeah they change it from just some weird little heist movie about old guys yeah, yeah. to uh, like a much to a, thing. to, to a, uh, like a, a, a giant artistic piece on race in general and yeah. relations and war and all sorts of fun wacky stuff yeah this big thing it's <laughs> try, trying to say a lot trying to do a lot two and a half hours right yeah two thirty yeah. um is long and stuffed and could have been trimmed sure any movie can be uh most movies 99 percent movies can be shorter 100 mm-hmm. percent um but i so you you were you just think it was interesting? Like how'd you feel about how did it make how did it make you feel watching this thing? I mean, 
It, do, it does start with a, a trigger warning, real life, like murder. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, they, they, they show I've, that, that I've South seen, Vietnamese dude, I've cop. Seen, I've seen the picture of that in history books since you, I. You've seen the picture so many long times. Time, and then I've never seen the actual I saw, film I, footage. I, I saw the actual film footage uh, probably sometime in college. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen the, the yeah, the, the, the blood pouring out of his fo- yeah, side blood, of his head like that. Yeah, the blood spout. Yeah, it's like oh, I thought that was only Miyake movies. No, that's real stuff. Um, yeah, trigger warning, guys, watch out. It, it's like, like remember the end of Black Klansman? Yeah, he's like now we're gonna do it at the beginning. No, exactly. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it was. The, I mean, there are different perspectives even in the movie, but it's all pretty for all intents and purposes. It's historically accurate. Yeah, absolutely. He's giving you a lot of facts about people, things that. People, some people do know, some people don't know. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these things actually happened somewhere on the world at some point in time. And what do you mean, these things? Like what? Like the, these types of things. Like uh, black GIs going over there, coming back, maybe doing stuff, the oh, shit, yeah, shit yeah. going down. I mean, maybe not exactly in this way, but. It's like uh, that president's. That president yeah. is uh, black GIs going back to New York and uh, putting together a heist. Yeah. Bokeem Woodbine's like the craziest one, and then back in America, he's a preacher. Mm hmm. That movie is awesome. <laughs> yeah, fucking wacky as shit. It's a great movie. Is that Hughes Brothers? Yeah, I think it's the Hughes Brothers. Um, at one point, Spike Lee wanted, and this is confirmed by Giancarlo Esposito, the dream cast was going to be Denzel with his son, John okay, David. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who I guess he would have been the Otis role, the older guy, the one with Doxy Cotton. Mm hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Samuel Jackson, obviously. Yeah. Right? No. And and who was, oh, and uh, Don Cheadle. Would have yeah. Been, would have rounded yeah. that out. And, yeah. And then it would have been like, for, for, but just saying that though, so that's like a dream cast. Mm-hmm. The cast we did get, everyone is, It was fine. Everyone's great. Yeah, it I worked thought. out great. Delroy Lindo goes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, Delroy Lindo loses his goddamn mind. Yeah. He, he gets the most to do. And I like how. And he really sinks his teeth into it. I like how, even though Chadwick Boseman Bozeman isn't on film so much. His character's like, th- like he's the impetus for the entire movie. He's MacGuffin. <laughs> Him and the gold are yeah. the, they're dual MacGuffin mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah, the, the existence, the reason this movie, the stories exist is for this character, Norman, Storm and Norman. Storm and Norman. He's so revered and he's like a saint and everything. Like, he he almost, did at one point yeah. in time, he straight up does the fucking super ab Jesus walk. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's just like in the, bathed in the sunlight, just like... <laughs> I forgive you. Yeah, we love this. Yes. <laughs> the forgiveness. He, it's he, to- he grants forgiveness. What, dude, he's totally fucking... It's, it's his Jesus moment. He's the black Jesus we deserve, Chadwick Boseman. He's great in I'm it. I'm okay with that. I like how... So it's... I mean, there's more of a chance of Jesus looking like Chadwick Boseman than looking like me. Yeah, absolutely. So... I mean, if you spend some time in the sun, you can get there. <laughs> I mean... Grow a beard, spend some time in the sun. You're there, you're there buddy. You can do it. Like People are like, are you Greek? <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> Uh, so the story is about four Vietnam vets going back to Vietnam on an official mission, sanctioned, yes. to get the remains of their squad leader, played by Chadwick Boseman, in the flashback scenes. In reality, they're also trying to get the gold, the gold that they stashed. That CIA gold. So, so that's probably the original yeah. story. Mm-hmm. That's the original screenplay yeah, that they yeah. grafted onto. Which is, that's fine, that's I fine, guess. Yeah. It's been done before. Uh, I like old man action movies. Yes, it's it's totally Kelly's heroes like Clint Eastwood. It's a little bit of Sierra Madre. So, he, so here's the thing. Spike Lee started out as a film student, became yeah. a film professor. Mm. He is like, he teaches he at NYU. <laughs> he knows, right? He's like Martin Scorsese. So his movies are laden with uh, references 
what is funny to find out after the fact, I thought he like made this up to like really hammer it home. The apocalypse now, yeah, nightclub. Oh, dude, basically with <laughs> it being like nowadays, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a, it's a nightclub, but they're in Vietnam, yep. and it's a Vietnamese DJ, but they're playing Soul Brother music and yeah. the apocalypse now thing in the back. Like, I'm so conflicted about everything that's like. I love the movie, I love the music. The scene's awesome, but at the same time, it's like, this is the fucking problem to begin with. It's so much. <laughs> um, according to Spike Lee, that nightclub is real. Uh, <laughs> there yeah. really is an apocalypse yeah. down like I guarantee you it is run by a white guy. Well, maybe not. I mean, I don't know what the culture is over or, there. Or, they see Vietnam as victory. Yeah, well, they, they, they won. Yeah, so it could be that, like, <laughs> that you see Apocalypse Now movie about, for us, the harrowing story of what war did to our soldiers. For them, it's like, yeah, look at these idiots. No. Yeah, that mean, pretty much. This is us crushing yeah. them. Uh, they, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Could be yeah, I mean, I, I don't care how many times American movies tried to tell me that we won Vietnam, that mm-hmm. we did not. <laughs> the only ones that say we won Vietnam are Rambo 2. And, uh, and then there's, like, direct Rambo references. They say Rambo. Yeah. yeah. They mention offhand Chuck Norris mm-hmm. uh, missing in action. There was even a... So- well, Walker, Texas Ranger. Like, yeah. Don't tell me you're, you're into that fucking Walker, Texas Ranger. Like, I didn't Walk- say anything about Walker, Texas I, Ranger. Don't say anything about Walker, Texas Ranger. That's uh, because of the missing in action movies, right? Going back to Flight yeah. Imaginary POWs. Mm-hmm. The... Um, uh, during the so they have the flashback scenes where then you see Bose and you see their mission it's spelled throughout the whole course of it mm-hmm. of the movie well yeah because it's Cause it's, part it's the of reveal the, yeah it builds up to a reveal which I'm like yeah you know that's that's been done so many times yeah. but you could tell essentially what was going to happen. You were just waiting for the oh, how. Man. No, exactly. Yes, right? exactly. Yes, it was, um, the, it was the same thing. Like the second homeboy started talking about the girl with the landmines. Mm-hmm. At, oh yeah! No. After that, scene, landmine. From, from that scene on, every time they were walking in the jungle, I was yeah. like, "They're gonna step on a landmine." Yeah. I don't know who, I don't know when, but somebody's stepping on a fucking landmine. Yeah, me, me and my brother <laughs> do the same thing. Like as soon as landmines, oh, who's, <laughs> who's gonna do it? And then before that, sound reverse time, like in those moments, like here we go. Oh yeah, no, here dude, we go. Dude, this is the, it. The, the second he started walking backwards and the cameras following him, I'm like, "Oh, so you step on the landmine?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like this is it. Here it goes. So we have. Again, he's a student. He knows Chekhov. He's got we got Chekhov's landmine, Chekhov's gun. gun. We uh, literally <laughs> yeah, yeah. his gun. It could say Chekhov right on the side <laughs> of it. It was in great. Um, he drops a lot in the beginning. That if you know, if you're paying attention, they're all going to pay off. Um, and that now I'll get that I'll get to that later because that's all interesting. The um, that club is real. What were we talking about? Man, we got so we got so off on. <laughs> well, because I was the, thinking the, the, the exact the, same thing about the landmine. The, the, so the problem crazy. is, Chris. The, as much as I did enjoy this movie, this movie has the same problem where it's trying to say so much that a lot of it gets muddled it's in. A lot. It's a lot of the movie. bullshit. It's a lot of movie. Uh, I was invested the whole time. I definitely was. So, like when it was over, I was like, I really, really like this. But then. I have seen, like, in our Facebook group, a bunch of people have already seen it, and their response has been much more mixed, and a lot of people are just saying it's okay, or, I mean, like, I, I get it, or whatever. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I understood the message. Yeah. Uh, there were there, there's, there were some things that you could have left out. Sure, absolutely. Um, but then at the same time, it's still, a lot of this, a lot of the things that I didn't enjoy were just kind of... Like additions on to the bigger thing, like all the stuff with uh, Otis and his daughter. Like I get, I I, I get I, it. I, I personally, I think it detracted from the movie, mm. but at the same time, it was making the point that 
even in Vietnam afterwards. The white GIs taught the Vietnamese the word nigger. Yeah. And then after that, when, you know, after there were obviously, you know, plenty of bastard children born in Vietnam afterwards that were all mixed. Right. But just to so find then the out, racism amongst them. Yeah. Like, quote, mongrel kids. Exactly. Or yeah, so yeah. Like that, that whole, like, I, without that part, you wouldn't get that dialogue. And that dialogue was much needed for the movie. And there's, so. a, and there's a lot of stuff like that. And the whole Hannah, uh, what was her name? Hannah, 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 Hannah. Oh, Hannah, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, uh, the nickname they had for the, the radio DJ that I broadcast. Mean, she, well, and, I mean, and was predominantly like well, directed the, at the black GIs. Well, and, the thing was, she was, for all intents and purposes, speaking truth. It's just, mm-hmm. they were just using that truth for their thing. Yeah, I mean, to even, try, to try to e- so, even, uh, even Chadwick Boseman said it himself, mm-hmm. don't, don't let them control our rage. Our rage is for us to control, not for them. Very point, Very poignant. Very well done scene, uh, but then it, 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 it's shoot the guns like ah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, that's a very cinematic thing to do. You're no, exactly. giving away your position. All the all <laughs> no, the Viet Cong out there no, looking that, for you. They need to get it out, Chris. <laughs> they have to get it out there. They killed the king. Um, I yeah. So sure, the movie is is I don't want to say bloated, but it's stuffed. Yes. There's six tons of shit in a five ton bag mm-hmm. here for sure. So, so it's spilling over. Uh, that being said, I didn't mind the spillover at all. As I was watching the movie, I've only watched it once, but as I was watching, there's many things about it that I loved. Oh, yeah. I loved the use of the Marvin Gaye. I loved when they were like, we're walking through the temple and then it was the acapella version of what's going on. I was like, oh, this oh I mean, like, dude, all this of is, this fucking, this is tableau, like, man. This is incredible. Every time I see a helicopter in super humid air with that like yellow glow, it's yeah. just like, so man, those, it looks so good. So those flashback scenes, Spike Lee, first off, this is his biggest budgeted film. You Guess what the budget is? Biggest budgeted film. And it's a range. I don't know the exact I have number. no idea. Uh, it's between 35 to $45 million, okay. dollars, which is like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Someone give this guy well, some Well, and I mean, and... It looks like it was shot on location in Thailand, so that, it, money, it was, that money probably went a little well, bit further. In Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh, it was shot on location no. overseas. Actually, in several countries. I, uh, I think it was Vietnam, maybe Thailand, Sri Lanka, I think. It was like a 60-day shoot overseas that needed the entire cast, which is part of the reason why he couldn't get his. Yeah. Like, Giancarlo Esposito was like, I want to do this movie. But... But he wanted everyone together the whole time, and I'm doing two TV shows right now. And it's not like I can just leave these shows. I'm better call Saul. It's like I'm in this fucking show. I'm Gus fucking Fring. I'm, I'm part of why they <laughs> do the shows, so they can do more of me. I'm here. So the uh, that that then forced their hand on the cast in certain ways, but everyone's great. And then he had to fight for the flashback sequences to be shot with 16 millimeter film. Well, it's so you could get the look. So it has the look. Because like the brain. I, like even in, like in my head, every time I watch it, I was like. Did, so are they using old stock footage, or did they do new footage on old stock film? Yeah, like, like where, how are they making this work? Yeah, is be, some sort of because this trickery? has because this has a look to it. That's because uh, apparently the cinematographer Thomas Thomas Newton Siegel, I think his name is, uh, he suggested getting film stock and cameras that were available at the time yeah. to shoot those sequences. It worked, it worked, man. Works great. Looks great. They had to fight for it, but they got it. Um. Bozeman's great in all those flashback scenes. And then I like the idea of, for the flashback scenes, having the actors, the older actors, playing their younger selves, but just as they are. Yeah. No makeup, nope. no de-aging, no Not recasting. It's an interesting a little bit stylistic of, decision. A little bit of degraying. Just a little. 
Homeboy had a little bit. They, they the died. They dyed his hair. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. the rest of it was kind of gray as when he was older. But he yeah. still had the little ching. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a good choice. A good choice to do that. Well, I mean, there was everyone's great. I mean, he's using a bunch of old men. It's kind of unless you've got the Martin Scorsese budget, you can't de-age them. Yeah, he did, <laughs> he did not get that two hundred million dollar budget. Barely gave him fifty. Uh, but the Earl's really good in it, and I like the, uh, it's crazy with references to other movies, mm-hmm. not only Apocalypse Now, I mean, multiple Apocalypse Now, no, but say Fly any, the Valkyrie. Any Vietnam movie. Other, what, what <laughs> going down. Um, when they were, I just remember what I want to say earlier, in that first flashback scene, where they're helicoptering in, mm-hmm. the music that's playing, I wanted to check it, it's not, it's someone else, it's like Spike Lee's composer, but I'm almost positive that they played Rambo scores and like I want you to repeat this because it sounds like Basil Palidorus <laughs> huge trumpets very very heroic uh, very and then like one scene later they then in their older version they reference Rambo and Chuck yeah. Norris and all that I was like yeah that, that, had, that had a little bit in, right crazy full of references lots of music oh and uh, the Jonathan Majors that is the guy who plays the son. Oh yeah, from uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Which now it's makes good us, to see him again. And I believe it's not the second time I've seen him in something. Yeah. And uh, I think I think I'm on board for yeah. this guy. Oh, I, think, I like it. I think I like this right. dude. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great great cast, and even the uh, oh weird scene. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser showing up. Yeah. Oh man, him and fucking uh, the other guy who steps on a landmine. What's his face? I've seen him in other things recently too. He's like a Swedish guy. Yeah. Uh, and then the girl, oh, Mel- that- Melanie Theory, Theory, Theory? French, Homeboy's French actress. Homeboy was from Vikings. That's what it was. Oh, he's a Vikings yeah, guy. He, he played a guy in Vikings that's dead. <clears throat> he's good at playing dead guys. Mm-hmm. The um, oh, and this is crazy. So I'm going through to Wikipedia and reading some stuff. The uh. Of the four um, actors, of the four dudes going back, there's Del Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows Del Orlando. You see his face, like, oh, Del Orlando, this fucking guy. Del Orlando has one of my favorite lines in all movies. He's in Get Shorty. Uh, Gene Hackman plays a, a film producer, a, a schlocky film producer, and he's talking to him about his movies, and he's like, he tells him, I've seen better film on teeth. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's, that's a good one. That's good stuff. The... Um, the dude who was like funding the trip mm-hmm. and everything, he his name is Norm Lewis. Okay, and Norm Lewis uh, was born in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. but uh, was right grew up in Eatonville. Okay, graduated from Edgewater. Wow, and uh, started theater in Winter Park. Got went on to do huge things Broadway. He's mostly a stage dude. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, and like not not even like little things he did uh 2006 2007 ish revival of Les Mis where he played Javert mm-hmm. the first ever African American to play Javert in an English production of Les Mis uh went on to reprise that in the West End and then again in the O2 arena for the 25th anniversary of Les Mis so he's got himself like intertwined into the history yeah. of it really deeply he was also the first um uh, uh King Triton for the Little Mermaid Broadway version uh, so he's done huge things. Maybe a dozen, not even a dozen movies, ten movies yeah. he's done. One of them, uh, he was in Just Mercy. It was just his voice. He's barely done anything. There you go. And Spike Lee is like, oh, I want you in my main, you're my dude. And dude. he's like, okay. And he's good. Whatever you say, Spike. He's really good. I'm surprised that he hasn't been in more movies. Uh, also, mad that he wasn't in the, the movie version of Les Mis. So here's here's my question, Chris. Yeah, here's uh, my did Spike Lee get Quentin Tarantino's squib crew for this movie? Because holy fuck, 
Yeah, well... <laughs> yes, like, in the beginning, it's weird how... So for the 16mm stuff, he did a lot of CG blood. Yeah. That was a big uh, downer for me. But then later on, he does go ahead and, and use some real The practical gore stuff, and, yeah. And it's like, whoa. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he, he went for it on yeah. some of those things. Yeah. Um, Spike Lee, underrated action director, maybe? He hasn't really done maybe. action. I, no, exactly. He, it's yeah. not really his... Yeah. It's not what he does. His other big action thing was that one scene in Old Boy, and it's like... Ah, Exactly. Just because he did it longer doesn't mean it's better, Spike. <laughs> um, but this was the action stuff was good in this. I I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I liked all the race stuff thrown in there. I love all the race stuff thrown in there, and I love the Martin Luther King framing devices mm-hmm. of the speeches. And well, the I mean, emphasis all, on his assassination. All of, all of the historical black framing devices, oh, where they're things. just all it's like blah 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 blah, and then there's this guy, and yeah. it's like who the fuck is this? And guy? then they show you the guy's <laughs> actual picture, picture and all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As one of the actors starts uh-huh. going off, I'm like, man, I'm getting getting lessons. Um, yeah, man, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I really really enjoyed it, and uh, I think more people should check it out. When you pulled up today, did you see it? Did you happen to see it on that top 10 list that I'm Netflix not sure. debuted recently? I'm not sure if it was on the top 10 list. I, I you, had, you didn't get it that way? I had it in my list. You just you already had it going. Yeah, I, I, I saw that it was on the coming up in a few weeks. I was just like, set a reminder for that, please. Very, very nice. I just uh, I just went to the top 10 to see what was in there, and it was like number 7. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. I get it, guys. It's a little long. I get it. It is. Um, The Five Bloods. I mean, definitely, guys, it's on that worth list. T- yeah, no, just, worth watching. Just watch it. Just watch it. Whether you like it or not, I don't know. Just watch it. Learn, learn you something. Ooh, I was about to say, it's trigger pretty, warning for snakes. It's Ooh. A, it's a, <laughs> it's a, man, well, that got me good. I, grabbed I my thought, I, was I, like, I, I really thought at that point in time, like he had gotten poisoned and he was gonna <laughs> go another way. And I was like, oh, Chris is gonna hate this part of the movie. Yeah, this, this I was like, this is Chris's fucking nightmare. Yeah, just walking it. through a jungle, snake bites you, he dies. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Nice, no, like that poison out. You gotta suck the poison out. And if you if you're alone, you gotta do it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five bloods. That was good stuff. All right, let's get into our media diets here. So, Drew, I watched uh, The King of Staten Island. And was it worth 20 bucks? I don't know, because I, I paid 20 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, watched it with my, with, my, with my fan, with my parents, and my brother. So, that's right there, it's five bucks a person. So, really, just five bucks. Which, in that case... It's a $5 movie. That's cheap. No, it's, a normal, it's a normal online rental. That's yeah. what r- online rentals are anyway. Uh, no, but we we, we we good. My dad, my dad's got the not not the fire stick, but the other thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, he's he's old school. He loves stealing stuff. And it's King of Staten. I didn't give a shit. I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. So we watched this movie, and uh, let me, I gotta fix my headphones. Mm-hmm. Headphone. Check one two. My headphones went down. Check one two. Mm-hmm. There you go. That sounds better. And the uh, uh, is. Similar in a way to the Five Bloods, okay. Uh, two hour and fifteen minute movie mm-hmm. would have worked much better as like the first season of a series. Okay, like give me eight episodes of this, uh, because man, four or five different storylines going on in this oh, thing, wow. but unnecessary. Like yeah. I get that you're creating uh, this thing, the whole thing. You got the world, you got the life it's lived in, the avenues. We get it. But it's like characters disappear halfway through. These these big emotions are opened up, and they're never like settled. It it, it totally feels like it's a, like it's a pilot episode of something that's gonna keep on going. Except it also wraps up at the end. Okay, so, so it's a pilot. It's not. That's not a pilot. Yeah, exactly. You're like, what is this, guys? 
you left me with so many things. Left me with so many bags. I'm holding all these bags. So it's so it's it's fine. It's, How many eyes? Two eyes. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Two eyes. One eye. One and a half eyes. It's fine. There's nothing half an eye, Chris. We'll figure it out. The it's Judd Apatow, but it's written by Pete Davidson and like some other dude from SNL. And it's based on uh, it's loosely based on how his dad was a fireman, died in the September 11th uh, shenanigans somehow. So in this movie, his dad is a fireman who dies just like trying to save people in a burning hotel. They leave all the 9-11 stuff out. Okay. So that's fine. It is. Looks like it is. No, it is shot in Staten Island for sure. Uh, they go to a Staten Island Yankees game. They have a scene on a Staten Island ferry. Uh, he's wearing a ghost face killer shirt at, at one point. Uh, you see Wu-Tang symbols. I am disappointed there, are, there was not a single uh, Wu-Tang uh, cameo, though. We could have I mean, dude, there's so many of them. We could have picked up anybody. Method Man. They've been <clears> in <throat> movies. Red Man. People still sort of remember him, even though he was never technically part of Wu-Tang. He was like sort of like, you know, Jason. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, I wouldn't even take it like... Uh, uh, what about Raekwon? Whatever happened to Raekwon? Where's Raekwon? Where's Raekwon? Raekwon the chef. Where's Raekwon? Where's Ghostface? Where are all these guys? Where are they? They're still there. They're, they're down in uh, 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 Bay Street. Uh, in St. George, the, um, or even like they could have had a Steven Seagal, like checking out his, uh, one of his summer homes. Cause for a while he had a home there. John Franco Mets famous Mets pitcher. He had, he lived in Staten Island. Staten Island is a weird share of local celebs that people would have, but not they, you know, <laughs> they even try. Instead, they're like, we're going to cast Bill Burr as a guy here as one of our firemen. Well, yeah. I mean, after that, Boston? uh, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So it's happening in this movie. In the Staten Island. Whatever. He's a redhead Irishman. That being said, he's pretty good. I actually like him in this. Yeah. He's, uh, he, lo- he looks good with the uh, the macho mustache. <laughs> he looks funny with it. And, <laughs> and they make fun of him the whole time in the movie. He plays uh, the love interest for Pete Davidson's mother, who's played by Marissa Tomei. She has come out recently and been like, I regret going down this road of taking motherly roles. <laughs> like, like, it's fine and fun to be Aunt May and to do this and do all that, but also, like, this is all getting offered now. Which is what I was afraid of, yeah. and I want to be offered other things. But you're, but you're hot on May. She is hot. hot on, yeah, they even joked about how. Like, <laughs> that's like that's not right. The so she wants uh, she wants some actual stuff. Stop making her moms. Make her more than a mom. Also, actually, the story of her, the seventeen year long widow, daughter moving to college. Daughter played by Maud Apatow. Uh, daughter moving to college, so she's sort of getting an empty house, empty nest syndrome thing, even though the Deadbeat, some 24 years old, still lives at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole movie there about a, a, this lady getting back into the dating scene and meeting the guy and, you know, just all. That, that itself is a movie. That could have been a movie. That could have been a 90-minute flick right there. Could have been the Queen of Staten Island. We could have, uh, it could have been Mr. Tomei's movie. Yeah, that could have been its own movie. But instead, that is in support. That's part of Pete Davidson. And in his character, it's just that he's a weird dude. So he's like... Uh, He's, he means well, he's a nice guy, but he's also an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's annoying, and he's so open about, like, I'm fucked up in the head, but he says it so many times, like, yeah, we get it, you're fucked up. Like, yep. get, either get therapy or curious, like, pick one or the other. Well, no, it's getting annoying, dude. Exactly. I, I hate it when people are like, yo, man, I'm just, well, then, I'm oh, just okay. I'm man, I'm oh, so fucked up. Okay, awesome, you have realized that you're fucked up. Now, fucking do something about it. This yes. is not an excuse anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's not an excuse. <clears throat> yeah, good job. You recognize mm-hmm. step one. Step two, do something. I am doing something. I'm no, you're not. telling you I'm fucked up, man. No, oh, fine, whatever. Uh, but he still like gets laid easily and friends, and it's like, come on, this is so. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of obnoxious. But he's also still 
plays him as a likable person, and he does have a likable charisma that when you watch the movie, it makes sense why he does have a career, why he is a comedian, and why people do gravitate towards him, why he got SNL at such a young age, mm-hmm. while Judd, why Judd Apatow did want to make this movie with him. I get it. But it's fine. It's okay. It's, uh, uh, it could have either, either cut out 45 minutes, pick some storylines, cut them out, or uh, turn into a series and really, series. really dedicate some yeah. time to it and really flesh it out and make it interesting. Uh, so it lives in this weird half world where it's like we want it, we want it both ways, but we're not getting it. I don't know. Definitely not worth 20 bucks if All you're right. watching at home, unless you're splitting it up like five other bunch people. people. A bunch of people, and they, they show up cash in hand. Don't you dare be like, no. I'll get the next one. No, Motherfucker, they ain't gonna be the next one. Bring me my money. Uh, oh, you know what's cool? Uh, Amazon Prime rolled out a whole channel of uh, or a selection of Black Lives Matter, like Juneteenth, a whole thing oh, okay. that you can just scroll yeah. through or whatever mm-hmm. they have available. And also, not just what they have available for Prime, but they picked a lot of movies that aren't on Prime that you can rent for zero dollars. Yes. Uh, so I was just going through. I had to watch like the first twenty minutes of Ali. You know, I have it on DVD. I watched it at first. I watched the first ten minutes of uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco uh, before. I, before the Five Bloods, so I was like, "Oh, let me just watch this again." And hey, it's that guy. And then I watched the Five Bloods. The next day, I was like, "Oh shit, it's dude, Jonathan Majors." That's his name. Very. That's a very TV like seventies TV name, Jonathan Majors, and featuring Jonathan Majors as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I was scrolling through that, and looking at it. that's a that's a pretty cool selection that people uh should be checking out. I, I, I'll see this. I'll talk about that later. I read the first 40 or 50 pages, the first chapter plus a little bit of the second chapter of The Room Where It Happened. That's John Bolton's new book. Ah. About his time as uh, NSA, National Security Advisor for Trump, yep. well, at the time leading up to it, and then I assume the time afterwards. Uh, I got it via, uh, there's a, a, a Twitter account that I forgot the exact name of, but it's essentially dedicated to posting uh, leaked uh, secrets mm-hmm. in in the interest of the public knowledge of public good that type of thing no. uh, and this motherfucker should not be profiting off of this book detailing all these impeachable crimes all these terrible decisions he should have uh, gone to the impeachment hearings and, and testified about what he knew instead of holding off for yeah, his but- book and then selling it for you know $30 a pop or whatever you know that's bullshit yeah there's no money in it Chris exactly <laughs> I'm saying it's not about money so what I'm saying is if you're interested in reading this book hit me up I'll send you a Google Drive <laughs> like to download this 500 page monstrosity uh not terribly written it's written conversationally but yeah. john bolton is a smart, smart educated man. person yeah yeah so i mean it, just because i and it's very detailed differ with him politically yeah. doesn't mean he's not a smart i mean i i read the two pages that you posted on the facebook the first two pages yeah and i was just like that yeah. seems like a rational human being yeah. here no he, <laughs> he's rational and he's pointed all that immediately it's like oh these are all the red flags especially in hindsight now mm-hmm. like I should have known about this should have known about that uh, he does take his shots at Obama when he, whenever he can well yeah of course <laughs> I mean he's still a staunch Republican it's all but... like uh, one of the, the war hockeyest worst even talking about how he wants a cultural revolution within the Republican party and stuff like that um, but it's interesting how detailed it is To the, he's like I talked to this person at 10.05 a.m. I talked to this person at this yeah. time it was here's the content uh, well, I mean, that's there's several I mean, uh, tweet quotes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, ju- I mean, just from what you know, those two pages, like John Bolton is 
he knows the political machine. He knows mm-hmm. how it works. He knows he's so ingrained he, into it. <laughs> like that, that. That's his fucking career. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and now he's given his perspective on all the, the wacky shit. All the times Jared Kushner called him instead of someone else. Kushner's so involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's that, that, that's what hap- happens when you're in love with your daughter and she's married to another man. I'll do whatever you want, baby. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say is right. Um, so yeah, the room where it happened. I'm reading it. It's interesting. 50 pages in. Uh, and like I said, cinemacrespice.gmail.com if you want a copy. I'll hit you up. That's, that's my media diet for the week. What do you got, Drew? Uh, I watched a, a new kind of animated series on Hulu called Crossing Swords. It's from the it's stop motion animation from yes. the producers of Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken people. It's all woodblock animation. Mm-hmm. It's uh, set in medieval times, mm-hmm. and it's adults only. They say fuck a lot. <laughs> okay. And it's hilarious. Yeah, how many episodes? There are 10 episodes, they're 30 minutes apiece. So that's, that's a quick watch. Yep. That's practically uh, almost as long as... Uh, that's how you, half, it's a, it, it, ha, you could watch... The five it, Instead of Five Bloods, you could watch half of Crossing Swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then instead of Irishman, you watch the other half. Yeah. And then you're done. Yeah. That's even more than the... Yeah. And that's what I did. I just sat down and watched it one day. And uh, so that then it must be like, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, thumbs up. Yeah, no, I was. I lo- uh, the, the animation was fun. It was. Uh, it's definitely a, a cheaper way to do the uh, animation, mm-hmm. but I think it's better. Like I really, I enjoyed it. Um, so it's by the Robot Chicken people. Yeah, that was a very ADHD show. Skit, 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 skit. Is this a no, similar thing? No, or is this, no. Uh, this is out, like, this is written out story. Oh, okay. It's. Yeah, All this right. is this is like an actual TV show. That's fun. Seth Green have any involvement? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, because yeah, he's Robot Chicken. I, yeah, I didn't know what his like. If Robot well, Chicken at the like, end teamed up says, with him, or? Uh, at the end it says. I mean, at the end of Robot Chicken, it's uh, Stupid Monkey Productions. I'm pretty sure that's him. That's him. Okay. So, I was know how like uh, Johnny Knoxville became yeah. the face of Jackass, but he wasn't like part of that original yeah, crew. No, exactly. Jackass is the it's like the CKY guys. Yeah. And then the Seth, Big Brother Seth, magazine Seth guys. Green, Seth Green is the opposite. <laughs> Seth Green mm. like did all that shit himself while he was out being in all these shitty B movies yeah. and having gotcha. an awful movie career. He was being very good on Robot Chicken. Yeah, that was a fun so. show. That was a fun, ridiculous show. Uh, there goes the Crossing Swords. That's a big recommend. On, yes, on totally Hulu, worth watching. On Hulu? Yes. Hulu, right there, and uh, then I watched Artemis Fowl on Disney+. Plus. Oh, did you now? <laughs> Fuck, what an awful movie, Chris. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. I think, I, I think Kenneth Branagh forgot how to direct. I mean, people didn't like uh, Murder on Ordering Express that much. And what do you do before that? There's yeah, something between this, that and Thor. This is barely a movie, Chris. Mm. How so? Explain. Oh, uh, there, there's, there's. The plot is muddled. There's no character. Like, the main character, Artemis Fowl, who you follow, there's yeah. zero development for him. He's just a kid. He's with just glasses. He just happens to be there, and all of a sudden, he's in a suit, and you're like, "What is going on?" Interesting. How long is it? Hour thirty-five. Whoa, short. I think it. Th- they could have taken like this is obviously adapted from. You know, some uh, for, the first probably, book of a series, probably some Harry Potter esque book where yeah. it's you know world building and mm-hmm. this that the other and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And Disney gave Kenneth Branagh a lot of money uh, because the world building part was impressive. Yeah, but there was nothing behind any of it. Wow. So like it was all for naught. Wow, pretty much bummer, huh? Yeah, this movie was supposed to come out in theaters like three times over the last two years. Oh, it would have lost so much money. <laughs> So that's why that's why it gets a Disney Plus. Yeah, treatment. yeah, yeah. Josh Gad's in it for a little bit. He mm-hmm. does Batman voice the whole time. It's fucking stupid. Oh, you're talking about this Batman? Yes. You said I'm Josh Gad? Yes. I have a big beard? Yes. 
That's a weird choice. Yes. <laughs> you don't, weird choice. And, and on top of it, he's the narrator in that voice. Let me tell you about it. Yes. What a choice. <laughs> wow. You're, yes. make, you're making me want to see this. I mean, <laughs> it is a fucking train wreck and a half. Like a Batman and Robin level train wreck. What's going on here? But it's not nowhere near. Because at least in Batman and Robin, like the villains were almost comical again. Sure, yeah. Like we were to the point where like it's the, like, almost were, like the original Batman they, movie. Yeah, they were where they were almost spoofs of each other. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, like no, they, this like movie, they know what they're doing. Yeah. No, this movie's definitely trying to be serious <laughs> and just fucking up and and then going nowhere. <laughs> It is it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, wow. Chris. Wow. Looking forward to talking about this in our year end worst of episodes. Oh no, this is right now Artemis <laughs> Lead, Fowl. Leading contender. Leading contender for movie of the year. Wow. Guaranteed. Sorry, Curse of Lala and uh, Yeah, no, it was, was and, and the fun, like the setup too, like I was into it. Like they were talking about like um Irish folklore and then it being real mm-hmm. so like all this stuff and blah 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 and like I'm into fantasy and shit like that but it, yeah. was, just, it was just a poor representation of like, all of like it like real life mythology type of thing man it was garbage dude <laughs> so funny straight garbage so uh, KB's Artemis Fowl a thumbs down as many thumbs as you have point them all down put them all down put your toe thumbs down as well yeah. um, okay that's it all right, that's it. Fantastic. That works out great. We are going to take a break. I'm so glad you watched Artemis Fowl. Seriously, Artemis Fowl was <laughs> Artemis Fowl was as bad as uh, Crossing Swords is good. Wow, that's a huge whoosh, whoosh. that's a whiplash. Yeah, I'm going to watch the first half of Crossing Swords, then I'm going to watch Artemis Fowl, then I'll watch the second half of Crossing Swords. <laughs> shit sandwich. See you get the, yeah. you'll be hi low oh, hi. Bring it back up. Bring it back up. Bring it back up. The depressing lows. Um, it was really bad. Okay. We're going to take a break uh, here. Colin Farrell and Judy Dench are in the movie, too. She plays like an elf thing. I mean, I get like what, a green elf thing. I, I get what... Like, I, I, I understand. Like, Colin Farrell's probably Irish, so... Just makes sense. Like, I get... Like, this this is a very Irish movie. He did a movie where he played uh, the Irish uh, merman, yeah. whatever that's called. Uh, uh, a scally, a scalisi, a scallywag, a, 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 anyway, a scalari. It's, it, this, it, it's a very Irish forward movie, so... Okay, I like I like that. I like having the strong point of view, yes. like Delroy Lindo's character. Yes. That's why it works so much. Yes, yeah. Strong point of view. I don't gotta agree with it. I, I just, do not agree with it. I but, just want it. But, but he has it. it it's his. Give me something that makes sense. I can latch on to, and uh, that sounds like something I can latch on to, in a, in a weird way. Yeah, but it is god awful. All right. <laughs> Although, man, the the time flux stuff that that stuff was fucking that was wacky. Time flux. <laughs> Say no more. I want to see the time flux for myself. I'm gonna watch this movie now. So bad. I'm gonna give you my review. So this is only an hour and a half too. I I seriously was expecting to be like two and a half hours. I thought so. I yeah. thought, I thought it, seriously, it might have it might have been a better movie if it was longer. I rare that you say that. It's one but... of those things where like if you had explained things and made more sense, it could have worked, right? Uh, that's that's the thing with King of Staten Island. I bet you it had Judd Apatow, known for his long cuts. I bet you he had like a three hour and fifteen minute cut, like a three and a half hour cut. There's so many storylines that just like. Mm-hmm. What was that? What was that? What was that soft wind that came and blew this dust away? <laughs> oh, there goes a storyline. It's over. Never to be seen again. Um, Billy D is back. He's been working super hard. Uh, fortunate enough to be working during the the quarantine days. Uh, but he has a break, so he's back with a death at the movies. Uh, Blood Machines, which is on Shutter, and uh, something else, Scream Queen, I think, which is also on Shutter. A couple of Shutter reviews. Uh, so here's Billy D. Hit him up online on Twitter at I Love Blood. 
uh, and Instagram, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then uh, we'll be back with the second half of the show. Okay. Show me. Welcome to Billy D's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? I know it's been a bit, but up until this week, I was getting hit hard with work. After a full two months of 12 to 16 hour days, I'm free until my next gig. But I'm not here to talk about post-production. I'm here to talk about my new obsession, Blood Machines. What is Blood Machines? What are Blood Machines? I'm pretty sure it has to do with living spaceships, psychic driving, beautiful new day eyes, glowing upside down crosses, and possibly large cosmic entities, and searing carpenter brute tracks. Because that's what I watched. Blood Machines is a long short film by Seth Eckerman. It's the sequel to his music video collaboration with Carpenter Brute for the song Turbo Killer, and with backing successfully secured on Kickstarter. It's naturally broken up into chapters, so Shudder is airing it as a series in three parts. I've been watching the hell out of it, multiple times, because it's fucking good. There's so much to take in in every shot. You're immediately thrust into a story in a world you've never seen before, seemingly living spaceships screaming through space and one crashes into a planet. And just as you get a handle on all this almost magical cosmic tech, something truly mystical and cosmic happens. This could have been a silent film and I'd have been fine with that. It's a visual story and the beats drive this cosmic opera anyway. This movie, show, whatever it is, is definitely a whole ass mood. From the pulsing Carpenter Brute score to the blistering neon that soaks every set, this is as if Nicholas Winding Refn and John Carpenter teamed up to adapt a Mobius comic. I say this all the time, but Shudder really is the best deal in the stream sphere. They're always taking risks with their exclusive content and pushing interesting things out there. Blood Machines, Blood Quantum, and Scream Queen are just the most recent examples. Scream Queen is a documentary about Mark Patton, the star of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and the legacy of the Gay Freddy movie for queer fans of horror. It's a touching, funny, and at times heartbreaking documentary that should be at the top of any horror fan's pride viewing queue. Shudder also made their fantastic documentary Horror Noir available for free for anyone to watch because of current events. That's it for me. Until next time, happy pride, Black Lives Matter, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor, and stay angry, Billy D.
Hey, 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 hey. Hope you guys like that little song. First off, shout out to Billy D. We appreciate you. And that song, uh, that was a song I did with that, that app. Drew, I played a song for people. I didn't play it for you. I don't play you any of my songs. You don't give a shit. I don't care. But, uh, but this song is for the people, and it's called uh, I'll Kick Your Face Off. That's the name of that song. If I want to listen to songs made by people, I know I'll listen to Rob Ryder. Shout Dude, out to Ak- Akahan Audio. I meant to, meant to put that in my um, media diet. He put out a new, new album, album, The yeah, Ch- Children's of Vortex. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I, I listened to the whole thing one straight through. There are a couple songs I immediately was like favorite, favorite, like 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 this is going on. Adding to this playlist. These are going on playlists for sure. Uh, it's really, 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 really good. Children of the Vortex. He has a few albums out. He's uh, some of his soundtrack stuff is out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mostly soundtrack work. It seems. It's a, yeah. Oh, it's a mix. It's a good mix. Except for that vaporwave album that you inspired him to do. Yeah. Good job, Chris. That and uh, <laughs> and this new album is very, it's very great. It's sort of a jazz rock thing that goes off into some weird astral tangents at times. Uh, very Rob Ryder, actually. <laughs> if you know Rob, yeah. If, if you know him, like, oh, this all... That makes sense. All of this makes sense. This is him. Shout out to Rob. Thanks, Drew, for reminding me of that. Uh, cinema Crespediso at gmail.com. Email us with stuff and we'll read it on the show. Uh, just like this. Uh, this one is entitled Diso Horny. Ooh, Diso Horny. It's from Carmella. What up, Carmella? Because there aren't many new movies anymore, I've been watching R-rated movies from the 80s that I've never seen. They nice. all They all have the same thing in common. Graphic sex scenes. <laughs> Some are hilariously bad, like Michael Caine's sex scenes in The Hand that were similar to There's... Galapagos Turtles mating, whether shot purposely or not, from director Oliver Stone. I've never seen The Hand. That's a, that's a kind of a legendary one. Other I 80s R-rated movie sex scenes are pretty amazing and surprisingly explicit, like Kathleen Turner and William Hurt going at it in oh, Body yeah. Heat. Body Heat? Yeah, that's a legendary one. What are your favorite sex scenes, good or bad, from any decade? My favorites are... One, Tom Cruise and Rebecca De Mornay on the train in Risky Business with Tangerine Dream Score providing a perfect backdrop. Risky Business is a horny fucking movie, man. I mean, it's about a, well, a high school kid that runs a brothel? Yeah, but I mean, so, you, can yeah. still, you can still fuck that up. Like, <laughs> like Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, not nearly no, as horny not sexy at all, as no. Risky Business. That's a horny movie. Uh, two, The Threesome and Wild Things with Nev Campbell, Denise Richards, and Matt Dillon. Surely there was a three-way in popular movies before Wild Things, but that is the first one I think anyone ever remembers, and I agree. I think people that was mom, a seminal people, moment people in in, our age in young range. Drew's life. Yeah, people in our age range. We're in high school at that time. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Like, have you? <laughs> have, have you seen, seen Wild Things? <laughs> that pre-internet that, man, they never went all that, that, stuff that, that was also just like, uh, uh, it's like, did you see Showgirls? Like, one talk about weird Jesus. sex oh, scenes. My God, the pool Hold, sex dude, scene. the yeah, what the. F- Fuck. What is she doing? What is what is anybody doing? I haven't seen a movie in a while. I need to rewatch it. And the entire orgy attack scene in Conan the Barbarian. When Conan's eyes grow wide as he first witnesses the orgy is one of the things that propelled Schwarzenegger into stardom. Also, Conan fucking the witch and throwing her in the fire is simply amazing. Crom. <laughs> Thanks for the great shows, Chris Andrew. And Will Drew, please recite the lines from the Miso Horny scene as the prostitute from Full Metal Jacket. Chris, please feel free to provide the scene with Drew as Bane or Australian Santa. <laughs> apparently, and there's a YouTube clip here, so apparently I'm supposed to watch this. So. No, we could, we, could, we could do it later. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 we can maybe produce something a little bit later and uh, put it in a future episode. Beware. Beware Me Bane. so funny. Me love you long time. Yeah. Ten a long time, boom, boom. <laughs> it's 
fucking no black guy, no black man. Too buku. Speaking of Vietnam movies, man, Stanley Kubrick making a Vietnam movie that only takes place at boot camp and then in the no. cities, like not actually during in any fighting in the jungle. Oh, he's got that Alabama black snake, bro. <laughs> it's fucking wild. <laughs> People process trauma. Under- I always, after watching that movie and then becoming a cook, I always mm. wanted to make uh, some sort of dessert with miso and horned fruit and call it miso horny. Oh, uh, sure. Sure, that'd be good. Uh, I don't think it would taste very good, but the name would be funny. Let's, uh, let's talk to uh, Elliot at Offcuts and Orlando Meats to figure out some sort of miso horny dish. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll figure it out. Good. He'll just slap the miso on <laughs> Um, favorite sex scenes, Drew Sikagor. I mean, the, the Wild Things. Wild Things are good. Showgirls was weird. Um, uh, Sliver. Yes, yeah, Sliver gets sexy. Billy Baldwin and Sharon Stone. Uh, he, he, he totally uh, eats her merkin. <laughs> point. A lot of from behind stuff. Also, uh, Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct. Uh, yeah, Basic Instinct. Uh, the, the one with uh, Bruce Willis's Fucking striking distance. Yes, uh, Bruce Willis is colorblind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, colorblind is color of night. Oh, that one too. Both of those movies, I think, have sex scenes. Like scenes, but striking distance one Stri- him and yes. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, that is fucking graphic as shit. Yeah, I remember watching that in theaters with my dad, and when that scene came on, like he was obvious, like he was okay <laughs> with like the violence and yeah, the murder, yeah, yeah. and that's all cool. But when that scene came on, like he, like, like I, oh boy, I watched him kind of do one of these because I, because like, I don't think he had we had the talk yet. So yeah, <laughs> and and we're getting like underwater kind of yeah, and, I, and I'm just sitting here like. <laughs> What are these people? At? This you're is like, you're like twelve years old, man. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, am I getting, am I getting a tiny boner? This is my first boner, daddy. This is my first public boner, daddy. You gave me my first. Public I think that boner. was definitely my first, pers- my first public boner. You gave me my first public boner, daddy. <laughs> we can share this moment together. <laughs> Um, uh, Desperado, Antonio Banderas, and Salma Hayek have oh, sexy yeah. as fuck. Sexy. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a yeah. banger. Yeah. Literally. Um, oh. oh I- Donald Sutherland. I talked about this on the show before. Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie in um, "Don't Look Now" from the seventies. The, their scene is so graphic that it's rumored that they really had sex. Mm. Like their genitals are just like right there, <laughs> and you don't see anything. Yeah. But it's like, how? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like his dick is like under yeah. her. Yeah, you know? it, no, it, it's like uh, it's the soft core cut of the hardcore porn. Yes, which I mean, I, I think they still make those. I'm pretty sure they On, do. like, late night Cinemax, yeah. that type of stuff, yeah. which I always found ridiculous. And, and uh, most recently, uh, Atomic Blonde. Fucking Denise Richards and what's-her-face? Uh, Sophia Butella. No, uh, Charlie Theron. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Theron. Mm-hmm. Whew. That was that was a that was a sexy one. Yeah, I was like, whoa, what's no, exactly, no, no, and not just a, a sex weird. scene. It was a good sex scene. I was like, man, I haven't, you know, what? it has been '80s since I got like a, I got a, a hot sexy, good sex scene. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, man, those are all those are all good ones. That's all, that's all a bunch of good sex there. Ooh, do the right thing with the ice cube and the and the Mookie and the Spike the <laughs> scene where he's like, I'm gonna have a sexy girl uh, that I can rub ice cubes on, like Spike. Yep. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, thanks, Carmelo. We appreciate it, buddy. Is that, That's our email? That was the email. All right. We also have a Facebook group, uh, Cinema Crespo I put up a post where people can comment, uh, the questions, comments over for us to read and, and kick around. So here we go with this week's group posts. Uh, Nicholas DeVeller gets at us. That's uh, from the Hard At Work show. Nick, past guest of the show. Shout out to Nick. 
Uh, guys, what's your feelings on sitcoms? About a year ago, I took it upon myself to watch through the entirety of Cheers, and ever since, I've been hooked on watching classic sitcoms. Mm. I've now completed Taxi, as well as started Who's the Boss, Perfect Strangers, and New Heart. There's something comforting about this classic style of quote-unquote set-up punchline sitcom sure. writing that is so appealing to me, even though it can often enter the realm of corny. What sitcoms did you grow up on? Perfect Strangers is one of my favorites growing up. When I was a kid, I watched it uh, like five, maybe ten years ago. Yeah. And it is straight. <laughs> like, I couldn't even watch a full episode. I it was, was so awful. I tried to re it I was in college. I, I was, was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked at how bad it was. Same with Full House. I grew up watching Full yeah, House. Went back to rewatch it. Yeah. I was like, this is I mean, like bad. the entire TGIF lineup. I watched all that step shit. Step by step. All of it. With Suzanne yes. Summers, Uh-huh. And, and uh, Patrick Duffy. And Sasha Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, all, Family Matters. Family Matters. Classic. I haven't rewatched that. Um, I did go back to re which one did it was a uh, Perfect Strangers. Oh, I do currently. I did not watch this growing up, but I watch them now when it's on reruns. If I catch it on like Sling or whatever, Golden Girls. Oh, I, I never, I never like watched it. Watched it. Sometimes my mom would watch it, but I never. E.B. Shock put on an episode and just, it's, and just get pretty, into it. I mean, it's 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 about adult women. I'm sure it's fairly intelligent. It, it's <laughs> it's some very solid writing. It, like it holds up. It holds up surprisingly well. Um, sitcoms are fine. My favorites are uh, Seinfeld yeah. and News Radio. And yes, the offer animated The Simpsons. Yeah. I uh, I also watched uh, my, what we do in the shadows can be considered a sitcom, a mockumentary sitcom. It's a situational I comedy. I used to watch uh, Grace Under Fire. <laughs> yeah, because my mom watched it. Yeah. Uh, but oh god, who was I the? Uh, there was there was so, some like, oh, there was song. some other weird sitcom with uh, some old white man and a gopher oh i'm living in the basement it wasn't a gopher it was no like a no bunny okay or, that that that's that great bunny that too that bunny, but no uh and and that was oh god was, was that uh donald Logue? no was no that, uh, what's his face uh, the, uh, our homeboy from the uh, uh seth, seth green was seth green. was the kid mm -hmm. it was like a spit it was like a spin on married with children but with a bunny yes yeah, instead of Al Bunny. That was weird. No, but there was, was some, Oh, God, there was something else. It was Al Bunny. With an old white guy. With a gopher. Oh, God. You're not, you're not thinking of uh, uh, Full House? No. Oh, maybe um, it wasn't that, a joke. Hang on a second. That, is that table made of wood? And then everyone's like, ha, 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 killed himself. Blew your own brains out. Um... Home Improvement is a show that I've caught a couple of episodes and reruns here and there, and that one kind of it kind of holds up for what it is for being a mid '90s like hur, hur, kind of bullshit. Uh, there's still some scenes I like about it, and also if you catch a first, if you catch a season one episode of Home Improvement, you get some Pamela Pamela Anderson, which is interesting. It's, Drew's trying to figure out what the show is, and it, it's it not going to bother him for the, it is, the no, rest yeah, of it. It's going to bother me for a really long fucking time until I figure out what goddamn show this was. It was an old white man. I want to say his name was like Forrest or something. Well, the the actual actor. Yeah. Oh man. He was an old comic. There may have been either maybe it was a jackalope. Are you sure you're not thinking of Full House? It's not <laughs> the jackalope. No, God. Francis Baskin me. No, it's not it. No, God. then it was a gopher. What was this? <laughs> Fucking hang on. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, Winters. Something Winters. Give me an old white man whose last name is Winters. Shelly Winters. 
I think Shelly Winters is an old white man. No! Uh, Bob Winters, Ed Winters, Edgar Winters, Edgar Winter Group. Be my Frank... No, that's Alice Cooper. Jonathan Winters. Jonathan, that's what I was going to say next. It was, gave jo- me enough time. it was an old... Jo- oh, God, what, what, okay, what was the TV show then <laughs> that he was on? We're going down this road with your Chicago. This to, is a fun journey. I have to find it, because I used to watch this fucking show if, all if, the time, and you, it was... If you look to your and left, it was, you'll see I, Drew's brain I, firing I, all cylinders. Because I watched Newhart 2 on uh, Nick at Night back in the day. Ooh, speaking of old sitcoms, I liked watching uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. So, I, I thought that was very funny when I was a kid, but I haven't rewatched it lately. Um, and then there's also like black sitcoms from the 90s, like Martin and Living Color. Uh, I really like Dwayne's Brothers. Uh, that was a lot of fun with uh, Rest in Peace, um, uh, Witherspoon. He was on that. And uh, uh, Jamie Foxx show was actually pretty fine. What was that, like a hotel bellhop or something on that? I can't recall. Sitcoms, man. They're fun. Drew's almost there. He's got it. He's on. He's on the edge. Of Apparently, it. he's done a lot of voice work in cartoons. Belvedere is what you're talking about, Mister Belvedere. God damn it! I don't know what it is. I can't find. Yeah, it will never happen. Uh, if you know what show Drew is talking about, tweet him at Drew Sakaburn on Twitter. Drew won't get it, but the the Twitter account will get it. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. What would be your What would you say your favorite sitcom is? And don't say this one that you can't recall. How about? Any Nickelodeon ones? Hey, dude. Uh, salute your shorts. Those are technically sitcoms. Those are comedies that take place in situations. Favorite sitcom, man. Favorite-ish. The one that you would like, oh, this is on, I'll watch it. Like your law, what's, what's the Law and Order version of sitcoms for you? Or is it Law and Order? Is Law and Order your favorite law sitcom? Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> law and Order is the only, like, I don't have a sitcom which is like, oh, this is on. Like, if it's on, like... Like fr- I just like a friends or something yeah no like that. no yeah no no it's it's Law and Order or Ancient Aliens those are my sitcoms like I've seen every episode of Ancient Aliens probably a billion times but if it's on TV I can't stop watching it Ancient Aliens were like there's no way brown people could have built this thing yes they could See, aliens that's just it like exactly like I watch all this stuff and I'm like wow these ancient brown people built all this like I want to know how the fuck they did it no aliens, aliens is not the answer fuck you no there's they, they figured out something yeah and we don't know what we, that is they, they just, look you just use uh, a lot of water use some ropes they figured a out man, a lot of manpower they figured out something man they figured out something they figured out how to contact aliens I'll tell you I'll tell you what it's not it's not fucking aliens aliens <laughs> hands apart aliens um alright that's uh, sitcoms a lot of a lot of a lot of sitcoms out there, good, bad, inconsequential. Are they getting better? Are they getting worse? I haven't watched any new ones. I don't watch. I mean, new Modern Family is done. I haven't watched that. I don't watch. Uh, 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 the, uh, I watch Community. Middle. Community that that itself is already ten, twelve. Years I, I old. watched some Community. I didn't even watch all of it. I yeah. watched some of it. Yeah, when it was bounced around from network to network, no. ended up on Yahoo. I was long gone by then. When Aaron was like, Chevy Chase is a racist. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this show. I, you know what? I, I, I stopped well, watching before that came out. Yeah. <laughs> when Donald Glover left, I left. I was like, we all, he's gone. Wait, he left? Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. I, I, wow. Yeah. He was still way on when I stopped watching yeah, the show. Yeah. He, he was like, my, my character's graduating, guys. I don't know. We got it. It's a community college. You got to go. Interesting. I'm doing a new show called Atlanta. It's going to be way better. <laughs> Atlanta, not a sitcom. No, but God what damn, a what show. a fucking amazing show. And it can, be, and it can show. be very funny. Yeah. Talking to people and about it, Juneteenth lately it, and, and talking to people who were like, I didn't know what Juneteenth was. I was like, man, Atlanta did a show, like, set it on Juneteenth like a year or two ago already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I mean, what, you didn't watch Watchmen this year? Oh, speaking of, hey, we got another comment. <laughs> Back to the comments. 
This one is from Gabe. What up, Gabe? A moment of silence for the people who watched Watchmen on HBO last year and learned the t- and learned about the Tulsa massacre for the first time. For sure, for sure. Mo- um, moment of silence. Let's yes, a moment wait, of silence. Wait, 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 wait. Moment of silence. Also, a moment of silence for all those people who complained HBO's Watchmen was too political. Oh, sure, sure. Moment of silence. All right, all right. here we go. That's some good stuff for the, yeah. the do do. Because, yeah, I mean, Act 1, Scene 1 of the new series of Watchmen <laughs> is like, what the fuck is going on? And then you Google Tulsa Massacre, and it's like, oh. Yeah, if you oh, did, this one. Oh. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know. Like, this is ridiculous. Oh, so this is like a thing. Like, I can't. This is absurd. This no is way a- this would really happen. Yeah, yeah. Not only did yeah. it really happen, it, it yeah, it happened. It's happened, guys. Tulsa happened. Uh, Rosewood is that the one here in Florida? Mm-hmm. That, that was a movie with Michael Clark Duncan. No, 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 no. The older, uh, the guy from this movie, uh, the 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 Vin Rames. Vin Rames. Ever see that one? Rosewood. I don't think so. James Woods in that. Um, this one is a new one I just learned about recently. Seneca Falls. Seneca Falls was a small black community, uh, affluent, uh, sort of like a New York City, Upper West Side, Manhattan community of, of black families. Um, city came in, government came out. Someone came in, eminent domain, just took, took it off. land. Get out of here. Uh, that Seneca Falls can now be, is now uh, Central Park. Yeah. They, they just turn into a park for people to walk around in. It's not right. Yeah, so. Uh, all these stories are out there. I like, I like to point out the move bombing, the Philadelphia move bombing of 1985, where the Philadelphia police bombed uh, <laughs> uh, several square blocks of, of their own city because of, of a black uh, like community group was yeah. in there called Move M O V E as an acronym. Yeah, and they just we'll just we'll just bomb yeah. their, their own home. Yeah, I mean, people are awful, and they do terrible things to each other. It's good stuff. I really for, enjoy it. For, for all sorts of reasons. It's a lot of fun. It gives, I, I, gives us something I mean, to talk about. It, it, was, it was common practice in Florida and Louisiana during the slavery times to use black babies as gator bait. So, And people were like... People are like, I don't want to believe this is true, and they go to Snopes like, it's true. Yeah, not only is it true, but here are some postcards from the time saying, why don't you come to Florida and look at all the... Black babies getting fed to gators. Yeah, it's bad. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's about where we're living. It's gotten better, but it has it, though. I Ju- mean... Juneteenth is a celebration of emancipation and the end of slavery, but it's also a reminder that we had a lot of work to go. Yeah. A lot of work to go on many levels uh, for both uh, blacks and allies alike. And we also have a thing from Carmella. What up, Carmella? What is the first movie you and Drew remember watching together? I guess he's, I guess he's talking about like in a theater, probably. I mean, I don't know. Probably. I, I mean, we definitely probably watched a movie not in a theater before we watched yeah, a movie in a theater like, together. Yeah, he probably came over to my place when I was with Aaron and Matt, and uh, we were like, yeah, let's watch something. Yeah, we were always watching oh, movies and Whatever, TV shows. yeah. Uh, I remember going I mean, to your place to pick up, to see if Hart wanted to go see Old Boy at the Enzian. Okay. And back, Hart was even there. Back when I was working all the time. Yeah, and you were about to go to class. And you're like I gotta, I gotta go to class. I was like, you want to come see old boy? And you're like, I'll go see old boy. <laughs> and you skip class. To see old boy. And, and that was a good. That was yeah, a good decision on my part. That's a very good decision. <laughs> good job. Yeah. What's a degree gonna do? Not, not, <laughs> you went and saw old boy in the theater. That was fuck great. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I remember the. Uh, were you there when we went out to the uh, the IMAX for Return of the King in the Fat Girl? I don't think so. Ah, maybe. I think I made. I definitely made a Fat Girl trip or two. HMS Fat Girl. Mm-hmm. I can't recall the movie. It could have been Return of the King. Because there's a bunch of people on that yeah. one. Yeah, we went all the way out to the fucking IMAX. Fat Girl held a lot of people. <laughs> you know what? But I didn't go to the IMAX. I remember taking the Fat Girl to Disney Springs for some reason. Okay. 
even further, yeah. even further trip. Just dangerous that thing. Oh boy, really pushing the pushing what's possible with that trip. Um, I don't think I saw that one. I don't think I was at the no, Return okay. of the King one. Yeah. I can't recall. I honestly yeah. can't recall. Nope. Uh, seen a lot of movies with you, Chris. Man, yeah, that's funny. That's super funny. Yeah, Old Boy is the, one of the first ones I remember. Speaking of Return of the King, Rip. Ian Holm. We don't normally do rest in pieces. Oh, yeah. But Ian Holm died this week, 88 years old. He had Parkinson's, apparently. Uh, late stage Parkinson's, or late eight, you know, when you get it later. Yep. And uh, just a bummer, because he's in some of our favorite movies, speaking of Lord of the Rings. Ash in the first Alien. Fantastic in that. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, throw it out there real quick. Here we go. Let's get into some uh, movie news and whatnot. Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers uh, disagreed on having a new release date for Tenet, apparently. Christopher Nolan really didn't want to delay the movie at all. Yeah. Warner Brothers was like, we, we need to put this out like another month or two. We need to really give the theater some more time to figure this out. So they compromised and just push it two weeks. July 17, Warner Brothers will now put out Inception uh, as a 10-year anniversary. With uh, some fun, weird added scenes or whatever from what I heard. Uh, yeah, with something going on there. Yeah. Some sort of additional footage. I don't, I don't know if it's for this movie or for, for Tenet or what. Yeah. Oh, it's going to have Dune footage. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. It's going to have some Dune footage that's supposed to be exclusive, but then it'll just be repurposed in the trailer anyway. I would not be surprised if there's a Dune teaser in front of uh, Tenet. I would not be surprised at all. Goddamn better be. It's both Warner Brothers. And they're, they're still, they haven't delayed their December release yet. Um, so the July 31st move, uh, is, uh, is a compromise, but Nolan, very powerful, getting his way. I'm sorry, everything's getting delayed. Fucking Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed another two months. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, video game development is also any reason to delay well, no, they, on it. They, they were one of the first people who said that COVID wasn't going to affect their d- delay. They can all be working from home anyway. I mean, it's, they have been. it's digital production. Yeah, yeah, they don't need to be in one location doing it. They just need the time to work on. Yeah, an ambitious game. Apparently, it's buggy. Is it cross-platform? Yes. Excellent. Well, that on top and on top of it. So, if you buy uh, the Xbox, so it's going to come out on current generation and next generation. Yes. So the way it's going to work is when you get the current generation, it works on your current generation. If you upgrade. Cyberpunk 27 is backwards compatible day one. Yeah. So you can play it on the new console. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're also, when it does come out on the new console, mm-hmm. you get that version of it for free. The updated version. Yeah. The one with, that's going to yeah. have like improved graphics. It's going to take advantage yeah. of the increased yes. machine power. Yes. So if you buy it, so, so when I buy mine for the 360, mm-hmm. and then eventually I get my Xbox One, I'll get... Or the other way, for one to the whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The what, really, yeah. Who gives a shit what they call them anymore. Yeah. Just making them up. Making but yeah, them so, you, so... that's how it's going to work? Yeah, you get a free upgrade. Okay. But yes, it is cross-platform. Okay. PlayStation and Xbox. Good to know. Well, speaking of delays, Tenet got pushed two weeks. Wonder Woman got pushed to fall. I'm sure October 2nd yeah it was originally going to be July then it was August now it's October that's probably what they want to do with Tenet no let's push it October let's cancel the summer guys yeah summer is cancelled like nope we're technically going to own the summer now um more more delays more delays here we go get some names out there we got um, Godzilla v Kong got pushed Matrix 4 got pushed this is all Warner Brothers stuff yeah uh, but Matrix 
both that and John Wick got pushed. So now we're back to a double key on a weekend. But no, not the same weekend, though. Oh. Yeah, not the same weekend. They just got pushed to similar time periods. Let me see. We got the Godzilla vs. Kong, May 21st, 2021. Matrix 4, May 21st. No, April 1st, 2022. And, and John Wick got pushed back because Matrix 4 got pushed back. Uh, and all the people are working on the same thing. They don't have the John Wick release date in here. There's a Tom and Jerry movie. What? That got pushed to March 2021. What? <laughs> yeah. News to me as well. That has all the ringings of Rocky and Bullwinkle all over again. Ooh, live action. Please be live action. Please be live action. Ooh, I have information on the Universal Studios uh, Jason Bourne Stuntacular. Okay. Yes, this is what's replacing the T2 ride. Okay. And it looks wild. Jersey Cogburn. Um, so it's a similar thing where you walk into a building and you go through a queue. Uh, Julia Stiles pops up on the screen. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. Something's happening. You, you got to go in the observation room. This is all happening. Then you go into the theater. And you watch people whip each other's ass. And you watch people. So you have a live stunt show on a stage. They replaced the screens before it was just movie screens. Yeah, it was all movie screens and fucking IMAX cameras. And, and, and uh, yeah. And Seven film, millimeter uh, shit. Actual yeah. film. Now it's replaced with um, LED projection. Okay. Okay. Upgrade. No. Obviously. There's a video online. Let me see if I can find this video. Where someone filmed the show. Okay. And they put it out there. Uh, it's like 20 minutes long. And you can see the way they do it. It's pretty wild looking where using a combination of the LED screen, like the perspective, and then the uh, stunt people on stage using props that pop up and the way they can turn their bodies in connection with the LED. It provides a moving camera thing where now, even though you're sitting still, the perspective keeps changing in front of you. So like at one point. Uh, he like hops on an elevator and uh, the elevator starts going up but instead of the elevator going up it's just the LEDs not everything the yeah. LEDs going up you know, and that, then the two people on the stage are descending on the stage yeah. and they go down it's like they got those fucking moment factory people the what factory Mo- oh, when I went to New York last time I told you I went and saw that weird trippy fucking weird shit yeah and, so like, inside the church yeah, yeah. so all, all you need is if everything is white and then you can project whatever you want on it when it moves yeah. as long as your corners are right and everything yeah. like, and there's a science behind it now you can make it do almost anything it, it's all a crazy perspective thing yeah. that, that looks super cool um, they got Julie like I said earlier they got Julia Stiles film some stuff to kind of connect it to the whole universe thing and uh, I recommend people check out that video it's fun a, it's a cool video it looks very fun um, he's like on top of cars and shit on the highway and stuff. At one point, he's dangling from a helicopter and being swung around through buildings. And it's all you're just in this room. It's just a fun little stage show. Uh, Indiana Jones 5, right? James Mangold's directing it. Uh, Steven Spielberg decided, I'm only going to produce. I'm not going to direct. So David Coep, who's been around for a long time, he was the writer. When he found out Spielberg is leaving, he's like, I'm out too. So now they have to find a new writer for Indiana Jones 5. Uh, the co-op says I am not writing it anymore I've done several versions of it with Steven over a few years and we got close several times but they are complicated things to try to get everybody to agree on and they're hard to make good ones as you can imagine and some may attest so I'm not on it anymore when Steven left it seemed like a good time to let Jim Mangold try his way so I'm dying to see with what he comes up with they're really exceptionally difficult and I feel like I hope they hit a good one well, I mean, I think it's exceptionally difficult to make 
uh, 80s and 90s Indiana Jones movie because especially now tastes have changed yes so and we've seen that because they made a 90s Indiana Jones movie in the 2000s in 2008 and it was fucking garbage no one liked it <laughs> no one liked it so tastes have been updated uh, I mean fuck it let's just fucking the death of Indiana Jones let's do it let's do fucking old man Logan of the Indiana Jones let's finally kill him get some gravitas in there yeah make it fucking gritty I'm into it. Hardcore. I'm into that. Give me an R-rated Indiana Jones. <laughs> the death of Indy. Mm-hmm. He fucks his way through Bangkok. <laughs> Dies of syphilis at the end. Um, the Adventures of Pinocchio. Live action, please. Um, CG, please. Disney. Children drinking beer, turning into donkeys, please. Maybe the Disney version. The Disney is doing a live action version of Pinocchio. Of their Pinocchio, right? So that one does have some uh, that shit in there. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> oh, that is a whole, whole different, different movie. He's this been is, he's been trying to make a Pinocchio movie for a while. This is the Pinocchio of nightmares, and it's gonna be <laughs> uh, stop motion animated. It's gonna be the scariest real boy. <laughs> uh, yep, it's coming next year. And since it's uh, they're this late into production of it, they're uh, casting roles and God, voicing it's stuff. Be so great. Ewan McGregor will be Jiminy Cricket. It's going to be so creepy. Yes. Uh, here's Ewan McGregor. He says, I'm playing Jiminy Cricket in Guillermo del Toro's version of Pinocchio. I started working on before I left for New York, so some of that is recorded. And, of course, it's stop-frame animation, so it's going to take them a great time to make that film. But my first part, this recording his dialogue, is done. There may or not be a song that needs to be recorded. I'm not sure I'm at liberty to discuss that. So, there we go. We got ourselves a you we got ourselves a Welsh. Is he Welsh? He's English. We got ourselves an English Jiminy Cricket. Well, I mean, it's called Jiminy Cricket. Might as well be fucking English. You know what? That's a good take. <laughs> ben Stiller getting back into directing. Uh, his last movie that he directed was Zoolander Two. Mm-hmm. Real hunk of shit. Mm-hmm. I think before that was uh, his remake of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I never saw it. I wasn't a fan of it. And then before that, I think it's Tropic Thunder. He hasn't directed that many movies. Uh, but he has his next one lined up. And it's actually a high-concept thriller. Okay. It's like, he's like he saw the game. It was like, I can yeah. do that. Uh, starring Oscar Isaac. Going to be written by Eric Roth. Eric Roth wrote uh, Forrest Gump. He wrote the recent Stars Born with Bradley Cooper. He wrote uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button with, uh, with David Thriller? Fincher. Yeah, and he apparently has come up with a thriller called London. What? Um, well, he's adapting a, uh, a book. Well, I mean, and he does, I mean, he does say high concept with the way this guy does stuff. That's for, for, Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump and Benjamin Cur- Button. Highest concept. Holy shit. And, and also, <laughs> I don't know about Benjamin Button, but Forrest Gump's an adaptation. So this is an adaptation. Yeah. Uh, okay. Joe Nesbo did a short story called The Snowman. Joe Nesbo, uh, he wrote, um, I'm pretty sure he wrote the book Headhunters, or that got turned oh, into the yeah. movie Headhunters. Mm-hmm. He wrote that. Yeah. But he also wrote the book that got turned into the movie The Snowman. <sighs> but then this is a short story called The Snowman, but I think it's a different snowman. I fucking hope so. Um, Oscar Isaac himself is producing it, and he's the one who recruited Ben Stiller and Eli Roth. Interesting. And no, uh, no pot details to be shared. Homeboy was like, "Do you have any idea how much money I just got paid for Dune? Let's, let's, let's spend some of it." 
I got it. I got the money. I got the money. Um, I think a short story is called London. Short story is called London. So, but no, no, it hasn't been released yet, so no one knows what it's about. Actually, going to be about. Speaking of uh, like high concept thriller, though, we got uh, Edgar Wright just mm-hmm. signed on to direct a movie that's based on a book called The Chain, I think, and it's about a woman whose uh, like eleven year old child is kidnapped, and then it gets contacted by the kidnapper, and the kidnapper is like, "You have to now go kidnap another kid," and then when you kidnap that kid, you have to instruct that person's parent to kidnap another kid, and then we'll release your kid. Oh, the kidnap chain. It's a kidnapping chain. Uh, but apparently, uh, the subject of this movie will be a woman who's like, "I'm breaking this fucking chain." So, sounds like a good beach read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I say it sounds like a, a good girl power movie. Mm, could be. Yeah, it'll be. The, What's that Jodie Foster one? The brave, the brave one. So, I, was, I was gonna say, pick someone whose career is failing or up and coming. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them in it. Call it a day. Yeah. Who? Who? Let's get a. <laughs> Uh, Maude Apatow let's get her in there she's only she's only 22 she's got a whole career in front of her apparently oh this is so funny okay so this week has been crazy for um, Me Too type fallout allegations oh yeah 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 in a number of industries yes Warren Ellis comic book writer trans metropolitan one of the things he wrote he's getting hit really hard now written a lot of really good a lot of great stuff. Very influential writer. Very yeah. influential in who he's helped careers. That he's helped develop. Also, a giant piece of shit. Apparently, a giant piece of shit who used his influence in the industry to groom young women to do his sexual bidding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, now he's like, oh, I never saw myself as famous. Like, get the fuck out of here, Warren Ellis. I just kept asking, paying me money to do these panels, and hundreds of people come to see. Well, me I mean, War- War- Warren Ellis tried to be Alan Moore, but was way. He, he, I think he liked money way too much. He couldn't hurt it. Hurt himself no, he, enough he away. couldn't because he he, ha- he has that level of like gravitas in his writing and the shit that he's saying about yeah. the world and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. Um. But he's yeah, a great, he's a great futurist. He's yeah. like a comic book version of like William Gibson. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um. But no, no, he's he's again hit hard with um, hard allegations, uh, direct allegations. I'm not going to recap any of them. But he's getting it. Uh, it's explaining to me how some uh, wrestlers are going through some shit now, oh. um, including Gentleman Jack from the WWE. He's pff, they fired him. Was got him off the uh, website and everything for some uh, stuff from 2014, something like that. I say 2014. I was I would have thought more like 1990, whatever. No, no, gentleman, Jack. He's a younger guy. Oh. He's a younger dude, and um, the he did a couple episodes of uh, Devils in the Details, as a matter of fact. Hey, awesome! Yeah, people, <laughs> go, people go check that. We had an accused uh, sexual <laughs> <clears throat> talk about Jack the Ripper. The uh, interesting topic of choice. The I didn't choose it; they chose it. <laughs> Like you said, Chris, interesting, <laughs> interesting. topic of choice. The, uh, Speaks more volumes than you thought at the time, eh? More, more, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. more directly related to us and our show, um, our, our favorite 1930s failed uh, Ford automobile, the Ansel Elgort. Oh, yes. 
He, yes. He is going through it now. Is he? Yes. Uh, how's that going to... What, what? Wasn't he just uh, supposed to be in some movie that we were looking forward to? Um, He was supposed to be the lead in the HBO series, HBO Max series, Tokyo Vice, which is a Michael Mann series. Yes, that was it. He was casting the lead in that. I don't know if they shot it or what they've done with that. Yeah, yeah no. Um, I, I hope. I just hope it's not canceled. A bigger problem... Yeah, they won't cancel it, but they'll figure something out. The bigger problem is for Steven Spielberg, who has already shot West Side Story with him in the lead. Oh, is Christopher Plummer available? <laughs> Can he dance? Come on, what are we gonna do here? What are we gonna do? Oh, um, as if Kevin Spacey was enough. Now, Baby Driver is completely unwatchable. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, <laughs> god damn it! We just need to get rid of that poster now. <laughs> we already we, we covered we, one. We, face. We, we already canceled one. We gotta cancel the other now too. We'll, we'll just cover his face. Oh, it's got Jamie Foxx. I know. And John Hamm. I like John Hamm. He's an alcoholic. I appreciate him. Look up John on YouTube. John Ham drunk in the old man. So it's like there's one of him at a, a hockey game where he's just in the crowd, like a St. Louis Blues game or and something. Shit-faced. And like they did the thing where they they put the oh we have a celebrity in the crowd. They put the camera on him Ooh. and he look at his eyes and <laughs> gone. And he's like hey, <laughs> gone. It's bad. Um, I mean, he can live his life. Let him live his yeah. life. That's fine. So uh, Anza Elgort's going through some bad shit, and it's it is a type of thing where. It was a 17-year-old. She was 17 at the time when she contacted him. He was, own, quote, only 20, 21. But still, it's like he's a celebrity. She's a high school girl. You got you can't, you can't do yeah, it. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> he slends her DMs. was like, here's my here's my secret Snapchat, my private Snapchat. Don't give it out. And they got into a relationship. And if that wasn't icky enough, then her recounting of their first time together, uh, she described what happened. And it, it's rape. She he raped her. Well, like, there we go. It's really bad. So, um, Enzo Enzo Elkwitz, uh, is he canceled? We'll see. We'll see. Something. Sometimes these things don't stick. He is white, after all. So, not only that is happening uh, in the TV world, which we really don't pay too much attention to, especially reality TV and all that stuff. <laughs> no. There, there's a lot of wrecking going on there with people's um, uh, social media. When they post dumb racist stuff in the past. Oh, I mean that uh, that tanked uh, business here in town recently. Yes, Swan City Bagels. Yes, a couple of places, Swan City Bagels. Who also then people were like, "Oh, this lady, she she bought cream cheese by the jug and then mixing some veggies and said they made the cream cheese there. Uh, she would serve non-vegan food to vegans all the time, uh, like spoiled food. She'd scrape off the mold from the top of the cream cheese. Like she was bad, bad at her Ugh. business. That lady sucked." Um, yeah, that and another another place went through some shit as well. Um, yeah, it's wild. But here, this is actually a funny rundown of some things. Uh, Bravo got rid of some Vanderpump Rules stars for racist tweets. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and a couple others who reported a former black co-star to the police for a crime she didn't commit. Mm-hmm. Bravo also fired uh, a star from their show Below Deck Mediterranean for a racist Instagram post. That's a very popular series, that Below Deck series. You know that one? Nope. It's about uh, people. It's bullshit. They're all bullshit, right? They're all a mixture of like a little bit of real, but it's all made up. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who own yachts and like or rent them or do whatever. And then the, oh, and the people who work on the, the yachts. And the people who work on them. So it's Below. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And it's so popular that there's like now Below Deck Mediterranean, <sighs> you know. CW, someone posted this in our group recently, the Flash actor Hartley Sawyer, uh, racist, homophobic, and misogynistic tweets um, popped up from before he joined the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so happy about that, too, because, man, he 
by far my least favorite part of that show <laughs> was that dude. When he when he popped up on the show, I was like, man, this character sucks. I can't wait for him to leave. And then when he became a permanent part of the team, like, I was like, no. It's lame. Um, but he's gone now. MTV said goodbye to Teen Mom franchise star Taylor Selfridge for past racist statements on social media. This is according to People Magazine. Um, MTV is a challenge. Several times with Dee Gwyn, a Vietnamese, Vietnamese American chick. Okay. Uh, because she said some like anti BLM stuff. Okay. Uh, the racism amongst non whites. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere, man. I've seen it amongst the Puerto Ricans. Go to Puerto Rico. They're having Black Lives Matter protests because black communities <laughs> in Puerto Rico get it worse than the, the lighter brown communities yeah. amongst themselves. Yeah. It's wild. It's bad, bad, bad. So. In light of all this stuff, Drew, of all these crazy whites and some non-whites being wild, wilding out on, on social media before they get gigs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you when you hear about this, you're like, how come they didn't do this before? Like immediately. Here's Like, we- oh, I just got a job at Nickelodeon. Time to wipe my social media. Even before that, Drew, this is what's happening now. CBS, Showtime, MTV, VH1. Is that all Viacom? They are hiring a private investigation firm to do a deep dive into all of their stars' social media accounts to see what else they need to get rid of before someone else finds it. Uh, If you're going to be doing it with your stars, you might want to do it with the people who are running your company, too. That's all I'm saying. They're going to do it with as many people as they can. They're going to try to root out as much as possible. And then they're going to have to use these firms to look into these people before they even hire them. Cool. So we should start one of these firms. You know what? It's not a bad idea. We're going to go ahead and cut this section of the show out <laughs> so no one steals our... <laughs> I mean, we'll just sell it here at the local local restaurateurs, apparently. Do you beat your wife? Oh, maybe you shouldn't open a bagel shop. That's another bagel shop. <laughs> Man, there's a deli here in town where they just buy their pickles from, uh, like, Cisco or some shit or Publix, and then they tell everyone that they make their own pickles. It's, mm. yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, let me see, where was that? The Suicide Squad, James Gunn reveals which of his stars have the most improvised jokes. Okay. All right. Who has improved the most on his Suicide Squad set? Here we go. Mostly, he says, from Johnson, mm-hmm. Pete Davidson, and Flula Borg. Hmm. You know Flula Borg? Mm-hmm. The German, right? Yeah, German, German guy. Yeah, yeah. Almost sounds fake when he speaks. He's like, yeah, I'm here on my Flula Borg. Nice to meet you. First time I ever saw him was uh, Pitch Perfect. And I thought oh, yeah. he was just, I thought he was acting as a character. Yeah, and, it's a character. but uh, And then I saw him on something else, like on Conan. Yeah. And he, like him, he, he's just friends with Conan. And... Yeah. It's the same guy. He wasn't even acting. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, so this... Oh, okay, I get it now. Like, this, this you, You're not an water. actor. You're just a weirdo that looks good on camera. You're just a German weirdo. Yeah. It was photogenic. Yes. Uh, we don't know who any of them are playing. They have not announced... Uh, they, we have a cast, yeah. but we don't have corresponding roles outside of the f- small handful of people returning, like uh, uh, Margot Robbie, uh, Jai Courtney. Uh, not really too many others no. are returning, actually. Um, but this goes back to him uh, like a month or two ago waxing ecstatic about working with John Cena and how this guy is uh, underrated he's gonna be an even bigger star and uh, like I like Cena I liked him in things I've seen him in mm-hmm. I still have, don't really see it though him being like huge or having all this 
Well, I guess we'll see. Maybe it takes the right person to feature it. Maybe it takes I mean, a James Gunn I, I, and this type of movie to make us be like, I'm on the John Cena train now. I saw him ride a purple cow in an Experian commercial the other day. Ooh, so John Cena? Mm. Okay, okay. I'm in. I'm on, I'm on board. <laughs> so right, I'm on board. That, that, that was, I was like, oh, what? What? I what did said, I just see? <laughs> I already said, he, he was part of, by far, the weirdest wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Where it all took place in his mind, and then he disappeared at the end after getting pinned. Huh? Well, he, so, so he, much, he must have lost the battle with his mind then. He lost the battle with his mind, which means, so he's just a coma somewhere? Or maybe he's maybe he faded into the ether. Yeah, that's, I think that's what happened. He, he's like a Back to the Future photograph that evaporated. Yeah. The photograph itself disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um... We're really whipsawing around with these stories, but we gotta we gotta wrap it up. We're right around an hour and a half. Uh, Billy Mitchell from King of Kong. Remember the controversy yes. of him uh, using a M A M E a meme, whatever we call it, program, an emulator, yeah. and he's like, I I don't know tech stuff. There's no way I use yeah, an emulator. It, 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 it has to do with the reaction speed of the game itself and, be able and to how it all works. It and it's not the so, actual yeah. game. Uh, so the Twin Galaxies video game people vacated all his records and oh. stuff. Um, but Guinness World Record, however, has come back around. And been like, it's cool? They released June 18, 2020, official statement from Guinness World Records. After its own investigation, they released an official statement on their website, GuinnessWorldRecords.com. This is actually from Billy Mitchell, just paraphrasing. Uh, along with numerous videos expressly recognizing him as the first kill screen player and first million point player in Donkey Kong history. All right. So, uh, Twin Galaxies can fuck Suck a dick, off. Apparently. Yeah, at this point, if Guinness World Records is saying it, then Billy Mitchell wins. Uh, remember when we met? We met Billy Mitchell. Well, we didn't meet him per se, as we saw him and watched his movie. No, dude, we met him. Remember Did we he, meet him? He came up to us and sh- he was like, "Nice to meet you." Oh, I'm we bought his hot sauce. He gave us hot sauce. I gave it to he was us. Like, he, some guy had a box to come over here. It's like, this is my hot sauce. He was in total pitch mode. It's over there. The hot sauce is right over yeah. there. You know what? Now it's all coming back. Yeah, You're right. we, were, we were waiting to go into the auditorium. We are like one of the last. We are just waiting to see if there was room. Yeah. It was pretty sold out. And he was still hanging out outside. Apparently, he was already glad-handing and, and just... Uh, uh, Trying to... Marketing. Get, marketing king. 15 minutes of fame, man. He's a marketing yeah. king. He's put himself out there. And uh, he saw us standing away, and he came go in, and he came to us and introduced yeah. himself. Oh, yeah, there I, I forgot. He's got his business cards up on the wall. Yeah, we have his business card. He, uh, he was like, where are you guys from? I'm like, we live right up the road, buddy. <laughs> We're from here, man. We're here to see you. And he's like, thanks for coming out. Uh, very, seemed like a genuine guy. At least in that I moment. vaguely remember that now. I, I, I remember. I was like, this is the biggest star I've ever met <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Meanwhile, then uh, after the fact, I tell uh, Simon Time, Simon Time Trivia Show. I'm like, Simon, this Billy Mitchell guy got his hot sauce. He's like, oh, this dude made me a hot sauce. Like he has a Billy Mitchell brand, whatever that brand is. They made him an emerald, like a green sauce. Mm. He's like, I'm going to hit him up and try to get some more. I don't know if he ever did. Um, Tiffany Haddish. Remember that Chris Rock movie, Top 5? Yes. Pretty good movie. That's a good one. Um, Tiffany Haddish turn down a role in that movie oh well i mean she's doing okay by herself oh she's doing she's, she's, doing, she's fine. doing great she's getting into producing now so no she's <laughs> oh yeah because that, that's what happens when you make a certain amount of money you start yeah. producing as opposed to doing the work yourself yeah once you once your name is big enough then you can be like i can i can put these together so she's fine uh but you turn down a role in top five uh 
And basically, it was because of two reasons. One, it was going to be a role where she would have had to have shown her titties. Mm-hmm. And the second, it would have, the scene would have ended with her and another girl and Chris Rock getting jizzed on by Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> it's a scene where Chris Rock gets into a three-way with two girls, but then Cedric the Entertainer says, like, yeah, I'm getting into it. They're like, no, I don't remember a jizz ending, but maybe that's just in the script. No. Tiffany Haddish says, when I first did the scene, I was offered a lot of roles where they wanted you to expose your breasts. Remember that Chris... Remember the movie that Chris Rock did, and it's like he meets two girls, and they have a threesome, and then Cedric gets in, and he's supposed to blah all over their faces. Just let that baby batter go all up in their face. And it was like, Tiffany, they're offering you the role. And I was like, I don't want that role. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'll let people do that in my face in real life, so I would do this in a movie. Like, you ought to have a little bit of respect for me, period. God made this face for a reason, <laughs> you're not going to disrespect it. Uh, end quote. So apparently T- Tiffany Haddish doesn't like this loads to the face. She does not. I can respect that. It's fine. <laughs> That's fine. The uh, but she also, you know, when she's starting out, and I mean, this is also coming from a person who's homeless at one point. Yeah. And really, start from the bottom. Like, we can get you in this first rock movie, get you paid. People will see, it, and then you just gotta show your titties. Then she's like, Nah, no, I have a little bit of respect for me. I I can appreciate that. Good for her. Uh, speaking of titties, Jamie Fox. Mm-hmm. He's working on them titties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that picture. Yes, he's getting in shape finally for the Mike Tyson biopic. He's been trying to make this publicly since like 2014. I think it's going to be great. He's a fantastic actor, right? Mike and, Tyson's story and is Mike, it's fucking nuts, ridiculous. <laughs> when you write it down, it's like we have to we have to make this more believable. For well, a no, movie. this ooh, is insane. No, when you write it down, that's when you go, okay, you know what? This no, no one will believe. You have to tell this to people on stage yeah. yourself, or they won't. They won't believe, believe it. it. You have to keep saying it's like that pain and gain movie where they kept saying, "Mom, this is still a true story." <laughs> exactly. It's like these things happen. These things <laughs> this happened. Uh, we got a movie called Finding Mike, it looks like. Uh, at one point, Warren Scorsese says he was rumored to direct. Not the case now. Um, so we'll see what actually happens with it. But yeah, he put up a big Instagram post about how a big paragraph, just getting started. I mean, seriously, with, with, if, he, if, if he gets, you know, if he can get swole like Mike, then he can he can pull it off. Meanwhile, Mike Tyson himself got back into shape recently. Put out a video of him doing some speed yeah. bag stuff. Um, or the pads and the pads. And uh, Vander Holyfield is getting back into shape, so they're talking about doing a charity match at Cersei, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they've already fucking hashed out their problems. So, oh yeah, they're old men. <laughs> they're they've grown past all that. They yeah. they've lost their money. They've made money. <laughs> um, all right, final story. Here we go. Lord Miller Project, going back to space. They wanted to do space with Solo. We're not allowed to. Uh, added some space to Lego Movie Two. Good enough for them. Nope. They're going back to space. A lot of people are going back to space for this one. As a matter of fact, Drew, it's a space reunion. Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, wrote another book called Hail Mary. Okay. Also about a dude in space. A little different, though. Logline is essentially, where is it? An astronaut wakes up to find himself millions of miles away from home in a tiny craft with two dead crewmates and no recollection of his mission or his name. Fun. Then eventually it turns out that he is humanity's only hope for survival from an extinction level threat. So he's uh, Baby Superman. Baby Superman stuck in space, got to figure out how he's going to save the world. But first he has to remember that he has to do that. Well, and first he has to find a way to dispose of the corpses or that's going to kill him too. Because, you know, disease, rot, death. Yeah, corpses in space and a tiny aircraft. How does that work? So MGM bought the rights to this deal for $3 million. Lord Miller directing it, 
Ryan Gosling is set the star. Okay. So he's going back to space. That's fine. Andy Weir, uh, The Martian, was adapted by Drew Goddard, who did, uh, like, his biggest credit is uh, Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm. at this point. And they got Drew Goddard back to adapt this one as well. Oh, this is going to be fucking great. I, I have a feeling. I, it sounded like a home run so far. It, oh, man. Man. It could be. It could be Ace Ventura in space, Chris. Oh, God, please. Nah, Ryan Gosling doesn't have the chops for an Ace Ventura. Uh, you're right. He couldn't do it. It's, I, have, I have a feeling it's going to be man. It, it might be morbidly funny, like really oh, dark, yeah. hilarious humor. Lord Miller and we're uh, Goddard together. Yeah, there, there will be humor. There will be humor. It's gonna be I drink your humor <laughs> milkshake. Um, here's a quick rundown of Goddard's credits. Uh, he wrote Buffy and the Vampire, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Alias the TV shows. Refer to shows. He wrote Cloverfield that Matt Reeves directed because he's part of the uh, Bad Robot crew. Um, wrote directed Cabin in the Woods. And wrote Road War Z. Adapted that. Yeah. He also, again, back to Bad Robot, wrote on Lost. Uh, he created Daredevil. Okay. On Netflix. So he's the one behind uh, the creation yeah. of that. And his last movie that he wrote and directed was uh, Bad Times at El Royale, which I liked. Did it love. It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. I felt like I was really wanting things to come together in a more of a Cabin in the Woods way and never did. Um but then, like, when it eventually came out on streaming services and people were watching in their Crespo Hundos. Uh, oh, it's fine for pe- streaming. People were really, really like, liking it. Like, I would say it's 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 equally as good as Hotel Artemis. Which I've never seen. Yeah. It's, it seemed like I was on that level. Same level. Yeah, it seemed like that. Yeah. Um, but people really... Where, where in all reality, like, the movie is not that good, but stylistically, you had the style with it, and it's like, okay, it's, it's watchable. Good. It's fine. It's good enough. I can do this. Man, I, I, I just watched No Holds Barred. I can watch this. Yeah. This is, this is fine. One eye, fine. Um, all right, that's it. Out of stories. We did our email. Yep. We did a we had a, 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 a Facebook stuff. I, I yep. We, I think we did mm-hmm. it all. We're a little over an hour and a half. That's yep. fine. So uh, the end of the episode. Drewster Cogburn, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, go to Patreon.com/slash Crispy. So for all our bonus episodes, come out every Friday. Uh, we just restart Die Hard with a Vengeance episode. All right. So you gotta. Sign up for that to hear me talk like Jeremy Irons as often as possible. Yes, but it, it happens a lot. But it's Jeremy it's it's an English pretending to be German at one point doing a Texas accent. It's yes. Someone had fun. Um all right, Drew, thank you. I already said that. Yep. And you are welcome listeners for this week's show. Peace out. Oh, uh Black Lives Matter. I was I was supposed to do that before. Remember I said I was gonna add things? <laughs> Did you? Black Lives Matter, uh arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. Uh, I believe you said that earlier. Kill your masters. Kill your masters, yes, thank you. Actually, <laughs> your masters 100% kill them. They're the worst. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Eat the rich! Is that an Aerosmith song? I think so. The irony. <laughs> PFT Media Production.